0: Warning, this episode of the Seriously Wrong Podcast contains both reverent and irreverent discussions of acts of horrifying human violence, dark, dark, awful stuff. So if either of those things you don't like, reverent or irreverent discussions about those, then you might want to turn down, turn down the episode. Leave it playing, but just turn it down.
1: If those things don't make you uncomfortable, lock and load, baby. It's... <laughs> It's Time to sit back, get your gun. I got my history book in one hand, I got my gun in the
0: other hand. Yeehaw! (laughs) But no, seriously, welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Aaron. And I'm Sean. And yeah, it's a heavy topic. So Aaron, in your view, how edgy would you say these sketches
1: are this episode?
0: Multiple times in the context of comedic sketches, we do portray active shooter situations in schools yeah
1: I think it works but it also makes me kind of cringe a bit in horror yeah but I also feel like it's an essential part of the process of talking about things fully and coming to terms with them is being able to not just be reverential. and
0: yeah. Just before we go to the theme song, I want to quickly lay down a flag, plant a flag, and say that we are against school shootings. Yeah, yeah, like a lot. I think the whole episode will bear that out in everything we say, but it's mm-hmm. worth explicitly stating right at the start, we think they're bad. Mm-hmm.
1: Satire needs clarity of purpose, and yeah. that's where we're at. Um, the other flag I want to put down really quick is a thank you flag to all of our generous donators on PayPal and Patreon who make the show possible. Possible and thank you to future donators uh no thank you to violent school shooters that's wrong so sit back relax get your milk drink get- <laughs> <laughs> what milk drink are you referring to i don't know like a comforting
0: milk drink just something warm and comforting
1: get your comforting milk drink folks because this is seriously wrong welcome to the show
0: I'm wrong, I am wrong, he is wrong, she is wrong, they are wrong, they are wrong, seriously, 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 wrong. Um, where to begin?
1: I mean, well, you really couldn't pick a more symbolic target of innocence and defenselessness the exact opposite of murder is is learning (laughs) like it's it's like there's something really really potent and symbolic and, and horrifying about people's choice to
0: Point guns at school children, particularly like young school children. It's also somewhere that, like, this social institution, like, your kids spend so much time at school, like, other than at home, that's where they spend the most time. It's just striking at something very basic in society, like the safety of children, the safety of the next generation. Mm-hmm. Very visceral. And to acknowledge it as real, I think, is traumatic. And I
1: imagine it's, Also like extremely traumatic to experience either in person or just being near it, you know, like happening in your neighborhood and stuff like that. Yeah. But even like today reading, I was making a short list of like recent significant ones over the last five, six years. And I just found it like too, like I was writing them down and then I was just finding it like too heavy to like let them all pass through my pen and like listing this date, this many victims, this was the weapon, like this is the motivation. And it just like, yeah,
0: like there's something potent about writing them down one after the other. It's forcing you to consider each one not individually sort of as they happen. And it's like, seeing them all piled up
1: yes it's sort of like with the thing around black lives matter of like say their name and there's like the potency of actually saying right the names of the people who are the victims of police brutality out loud like because you read it over and over again like people's names but then actually saying them out loud it just puts this humanity in it that's yeah because you get so desensitized especially with it happening like twice or three times a year every year i mean if you want to feel the severity of school shooting i recommend it just Find a list of school shootings and just write them down one by one. You don't even write down the victim's names. I imagine that'd be even
0: worse. Yeah. I just, even like imagining (laughs) that is heavy. Did you ever have, when you were going to school, anything like maybe not at your school, but at schools nearby? Or did you ever feel this thing of unsafety in the schools touch your community?
1: Not really. When I was a kid, I was aware of school shootings, but uh, the same way I was aware of the Holocaust, you know, like it was just this sort of abstract outside. I'd mostly run into it in the context of like edgy jokes, not any serious deliberation. And we never did any like active shooter drills or anything at my school when I was young.
0: Me neither. That would have been freaky as fuck, I think. I don't really remember when Columbine happened cuz it, it like it was such a big thing but I would have been 12 at the time so I would have been in 6th grade. But though like the one I really remember was a few years later. I was still in junior high so it was probably like even the next year, the year after there was a stabbing at a school in a town near to the city that I grew up in and I remember that like really affecting people around us like people just feeling like uh, because it was an even smaller town like the city I grew up in is medicine it's relatively small like 60,000 people and this was an even smaller town with just like one high school and just like this real sense of like oh shit this can happen anywhere (laughs) you know potentially we're not safe.
1: No, yeah. And it's such a political, there's a lot of tragedies that are by default sort of depoliticized. And I feel like it's the opposite with school shootings where it's been happening so regularly and so frequently that whenever one happens, everyone, they're like, okay, whoa, whoa red team shirt goes on. And it's time to uh, get in the comment section and, and talk about this school shooting yeah, from these different... Uh,
0: gun control is usually the... Yeah, you get the two
1: factional sides of like the we need gun control in America right now. This is the only country where this happens. There's all these loopholes or like weird ways that people are able to get guns. You hear the story, like the shooter expressed in public that (laughs) he admires a school shooter and then two months later buys a gun just like randomly because it was super easy like Mm -hmm. uh, and you see stories like that and so there's the one side's like well we need to do something about this and the other side they've got defenses of like why gun control is impossible or why we shouldn't do gun control and then also you'll have like the signaling game stack of like here's the real issue with gun control like everyone thinks blah but the real thing about gun control is blah and it's like Like this political intellectual exercise around this just horrific, horrific problem. But have we ever talked about something on the show and given it really like the time of day that is on the level of school shootings, the barbarism of it and just the inhumanity of it and like... Our show is pretty positive. We like to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We believe in in humans. We believe in our capacity to, yeah. Over... I mean, like
0: like we've talked about genocide. We've talked about murder. We do, like we talk about awful things. But like, I don't think we've ever done an episode called genocide. <laughs> like, why does it happen? <laughs> but, like, but even like by numbers, obviously genocide's much worse. But this is just. It, the
1: inhumanity of it's really, really intense. It's like it's yeah. like an exercise in the strength of your convictions to be, you know, like a humanist utopian and then look at school shootings in depth and, like, contemplate them. It's, it's like a...
0: It's, <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's like, but, it, like, if you do want to be a humanist in a utopia, it's something you have to contend with that this shit happens.
1: And something, something I want to say, uh, I mean, about this recent school shooting is that these kids speaking about their experience and having some political advocacy in it and the girl with the shaved head like watching that speech made me cry like especially there's like this one part where she's saying like how much money if
2: the president wants to come up to me and tell me to my face that it was a terrible tragedy and how it should never have happened i'm gonna happily ask him how much money he received from the national rifle association it doesn't matter because i already know
1: screams the number of millions and like her voice breaks and there's like this hatred and like Mm -hmm. just this experience in it that like she was there and it's just it's so real like it's too real and you want to explain it away or like not think about school shootings or other horrifying things in the world but like just i don't know
0: a kid a kid screaming about campaign finance law do you want to grab the canoe go for a little ride down the river maybe talk about what we'd do in an active shooter situation oh awesome yeah I'd be super into that here let's uh drive out to the lake portage the canoe over to the water oh it's pretty heavy hey <laughs> yeah uh, not too heavy for us uh, let put it in into the water with you if you want to hop it you want the front or the back
1: yeah I can sit in the back I've got a pretty strong stroke um <laughs> no, look at you
0: <laughs> strong stroke. okay mr. strong stroke you're in back thank you oh this is calming yeah it's pretty serene out here So how would
1: you single-handedly
0: stop a a school shooter? Well, I I got a lot of different tactics floating through my head. Mm -hmm. But one that I think is a little bit different than what other people might try is that I would shut off all the lights in the school so that he's disoriented and confused mm-hmm. and then from the speaker system you know if i could get my voice coming from different speakers in different directions kind of confuse him looking in different oh, places like yeah and use some effects on my voice like echoes or i could be like Whoo, i'm your dead mom that you're depressed about and that's why you're trying to kill people just confuse him, get him disoriented mm-hmm. and if that doesn't work you know go to the karate self defensive karate as a last resort totally agree Oh, look at the way the algae reflects on the top of the water there. It's a it's a beautiful bluey-green color. I love that. Oh, that is that is neat. I don't think I've ever seen something like that. Oh, oh we're turning port a little bit. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I was yeah. looking at the algae. I need
1: to <laughs> keep a little more in control back here. Yeah. How about you? Well, what do you think you would do? I think that I would, probably, uh, I would probably try to sneak up on him at first, you know, unarmed, kind of like Batman, figure out what his weak point is rush him jump him disarm him tie him up like a hog and wait for the police to arrive love that tie up the hog give it to the pigs that's a complete theory of change right there and if if they want to give me credit put me on the news or anything i'd say like no anonymous man stops school shooter it's not about that oh
0: that's so humble of
1: you i like to live a modest life as you know i like to do good but i like to be out of the public eye with it
0: oh look turtles you know, I'm, I'm just wondering, are turtles fish or are they animals? You know, they live in the water, I don't know. No, turtles are definitely fish. Right, yeah, now that makes sense. Yeah. You know, when we solve this problem, people are going to say, solution was born on that river.
1: Amen to Two that. Two men
0: in a boat. Two men in a boat. Let's just be quiet for a few minutes and we'll watch the sunset. This is just too pretty. Love the way the gold reflects off the water.
1: That is too pretty. Just like a world without gun violence that we started here today.
0: Canoeing towards it, really launched the canoe of society in the right direction today.
1: Really portaged over tough times, portaged over strife and anger, and then we put the canoe down in the rivers of peace, harmony, and smooth sailing. We're also great at analogies. Yeah, if only good analogies could stop active shooters, then we wouldn't have to study up on martial arts. But considering we live in this universe, we do study up martial arts. Yeah, we do both you got to live in reality it might be a good idea to when we're thinking about how to prevent these horrible things from happening in the future is maybe it'd be useful to start by defining the problem
0: I was reading this quora answer, and he was and um someone was like, Why is this happening? and then someone else was like, Well, it's been happening forever since at least nineteen forty hasn't really increased at all, and I was like, hmm, I don't know it doesn't seem right, so I look at the Wikipedia article, and funnily enough, the Wikipedia article starts at eighteen forty for both of those the Quora answer and the Wikipedia article, but this isn't just like some steady historic fact that as long as you have schools, you're gonna have a certain amount of people coming into those schools and...
1: No, yeah, no, it's it's something that the modern sort of school shooting phenomenon is an American thing, very American-centric compared to everywhere else in the world, starting around the late 90s with some earlier examples, but like the big example of Columbine getting just like a ton of news coverage and you can see it in like the the writings and these school shooters they write like manifestos and blog posts and stuff like that and in their own words they say I'm inspired by these other people or like here's an exact quote from one of the shooters I don't need to say his name I've noticed that so many people like him, school shooters, are all alone and unknown. Yet when they spill a little blood, the whole world knows who they are. Their face splashed across every screen, their name across the lips of every person on the planet, all in the course of one day. Seems the more people you kill, the more you're in the limelight. A little earlier, he said, talking about the same shooter, people like him have nothing to live for. The only thing left to do is lash out at a society that abandoned them. What's being described there is common across multiple school shooters, like this, this hopelessness and this humiliation and seeing people who committed previous school shootings as people who got attention, who got glory, who were feared yeah. and respected.
0: Yeah, there's definitely an aspect of... Wanting recognition. A lot of violent crime happens because of feelings of disrespect. Like even just think about like mafia, the way people in the mafia talk and like saying something disrespectful about someone in certain like violence cultures becomes like well obviously then you have the right to go kill them or like it's a like to defend yourself to defend your honor you should go kill them Mm -hmm. so there's, there's something very deep about like feeling humiliated and feeling disrespected and a connection between that and violence and not that everyone who experiences extreme humiliation bullying that kind of stuff becomes violent because the vast majority don't but i think like If you have these examples to emulate, like you're saying, the way Columbine became this touchstone that everybody knew about and saw the videos endlessly being reported on. It's a way for powerless people to feel like they can get some kind of power in some way, like they feel backed into a corner and like make the decision to do this fucking disgusting, pitiful violence. And it's really a tragedy that there
1: isn't the level of support that people need. In society, and it, it's not to say that if you don't get the support that you need, you have a right to go do a school shooting,
0: yeah, or yeah, something no, like totally. that, or yeah.
1: or like that. If you feel degraded and humiliated by society, if you feel like you're you're never going to be able to amount to anything, you're hopeless. You just have no options, and that you just want to lash out. Like yeah. that doesn't entitle you to do anything horrible, especially not to defenseless people who have nothing to do with your situation.
0: There's two things I think to say about that. Like one is like you always have other options, and it's always a choice to do that thing. Yeah. Uh, like I think people they want to exonerate themselves a little bit, and so they say, "Oh, I had no other choice. This is the only way people would hear." But like it is kind of a social failing. It is a kind of societal failing that everyone doesn't always know that that there's other options, or like mm. it's not so obvious that it they can't ignore it and pretend that they have no other option. And th- this is why I think it's important to drill down on how this isn't this isn't just like people are always going to do this and there's nothing we can ever do about it like you it's a disempowering narrative and it's not true
1: and i think part of that has to be making sure that there's always some degree of opportunity in front of people you know like we can criticize the ideology of it like the anti-hero kind of like revenge delusions delusions. of grandeur exactly (laughs) what i was about to say like we can criticize that because it is stupid, and I think people who act on it have shown a great moral and intellectual failing. But like, at the same time, like, what kind of society, what what sort of context are they in where that seems more appealing than the opportunities that are in front of them?
0: This is something you said on like a really old episode, and it's always stuck with me. The phrase "people need a way to feel esteemed and useful, esteemed and useful." It's just yeah, it's, uh, it's I, so important. I got that from Fogvinea's website. I can't remember who wrote it. It comes up in so many different contexts, but that's the thing. Like if you have no way to feel esteemed and useful, then maybe like the notoriousness of like, it's kind of esteem in a sense to like be a murdering jerkwad with delusions of grandeur.
1: To be fair, no one ever says time to have delusions of grandeur. (laughs) (laughs) No, they
0: (laughs) they say things like... I am about to die like Jesus Christ in order to inspire the weak and defenseless, or my wrath will be godlike.
1: I will deliver a blow to my enemies so catastrophic it will redefine the very essence of human nature. So <laughs> I sure you will,
0: buddy. Yeah, yeah good luck,
1: good luck. Uh, I, was just, I was just checking out human nature and you didn't make a dent,
0: you pathetic sack of crap.
1: But and then it's such a balancing fine line because, you know, like one of the things here is like, and how to talk about it. Like, yeah. yeah,
0: we're like calling them pathetic.
1: But I, I don't think it's pathetic to be someone who's thought about violence, who's thought about revenge, who's felt slighted and left out by society. I think people in that position... Often will have legitimate grievances about their sort of place in society and and oh yeah yeah and the way other people treat them. I think that when you take those feelings and bring them in this ultimately nihilistic direction and direct violence against people who are defenseless. I think that's beyond cowardly, it's reprehensible, it's it's, it's pathetic, I've got, I've got a lot it, of negative yeah. words for someone who follows through on that idea. Having a feeling that you feel slighted and that you want to strike back somehow, I think
0: It's a common human th- feeling, it's not like, it doesn't mean you're a monster because you have violent fantasies, like so many people have violent fantasies or violent thoughts or violent intrusive thoughts, like it just comes up. Mm from that reptile brain of ours there's people
1: who have actually went through like to the point of almost doing a school shooting and being caught served time in jail or or got therapy or whatever and are now just in society like they have kids they're having a productive life I mean they're obviously ashamed of it and stuff but they're full human beings with dignity and I think like if you're a person who it's such
0: such an act of debasement of like debasing yourself forever to soil
1: your own Name like that. To- yeah.
0: You aren't just like saying, I've been treated unfairly. If you were just really against unfair treatment, your reaction isn't going to be to go shoot innocent people. Like that, like that's not the reaction of someone who's consistently against unfairness. Like you've (laughs) at that point, you've decided like the the world is fundamentally wrong and bad and unfair, and I'm gonna destroy as much of it as I possibly can. Like that's like common thread. You see, like I was watching some of these videos, I was reading some of these journal entries. They have decided fuck everything, everything sucks. They've internalized that so truly, like if, if everything really does suck and if everything really is as bad as like the most pessimistic narratives of the world are, then like, why not try to destroy it? That's the logic train. It's just fundamentally destructive and ironically makes the world more like their vision of how terrible it is rather than doing anything to make it better. You're not even going to get a gravesite in the future. You're going to be remembered for how awful you were for a while, but like you're not going to get Hitler level notoriety. Yeah. Like Like,
1: enthusiasts might see your name on a list of shitty people from history, but you know, not, but it's (laughs) not going to be big text. I mean, like if there's three other school shootings that same year and you were like, you know, second place.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, well, no, totally. I mean, it's true, and like, it's. Kind I'm not of trying important. to encourage you to kill
1: more people. I'm just saying, like, there's better ways to be recognized in society.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, if your goal <laughs> is to be the next Columbine shooters, like, you're just not. Like, the market's like, flooded you're, right you're, now. You're like the best you're going to be able to do is to be like the 29th copycat in the like 20 years since this has happened. Like, okay, yeah, it really got your name up in lights there, hey. It's... you know I'd like to think today that we inspired someone
1: to not take a school shooting but instead get involved in a long term political plan to commit like a political genocide Right? Yeah. to really
0: be remembered hopefully Um, well at least that takes some skill like let's funnel all these people into that and just hope that by the time they try to make it happen like I I feel like far fewer of them would be successful obviously oh yeah no so like it is actually I think it's not even a terrible thing to funnel them that direction and if you're mad at society you want to be remembered fucking wrestle a bear (laughs) wrestle a fucking cougar or something put a like even if you don't succeed you die a hero I, it's, yeah or like you die like a very interesting person and someone who didn't hurt anyone and you can release the manifesto too <laughs> <laughs>
1: can you imagine the manifesto of like everyone who wronged him and stuff and then he just oh, like that's such a wrestled better thing a bear like, to death?
0: i'm gonna take your words a lot more seriously if you wrestled a bear rather than shot up a school Mm -hmm. because at least you had the like peace of mind to say, okay, what's a way I can do this without hurting anybody else? It's almost like people who set themselves on fire in the street. So like, I don't know. Yeah, that's another option. Like there's the Hitler option. There's the finding a path out and enduring and uh, uh, building a life for yourself after high school. There's that option. And there's also the wrestle an alligator option. Jump into the bullpen.
1: You know, I like this wrestling animals to death thing. Utopian solutions. I strongly, (laughs) that's our utopian solution to the, the school shooting epidemic.
0: Today's episode of the Seriously Wrong Podcast is brought to you by a brand new PA system meant to stop school shooters in their tracks.
1: It's a simple add-on to your PA system that's going to share political opinions and frankly barbed witticisms. And well, let's just show you for yourself. We've got two settings. We've got the carrot.
0: You haven't shot anybody yet. You don't have to do this. You have so much potential and so much of a life ahead of you. If you just put that gun down right now, we can get you the help you need, and you can save yourself and save everyone else in the school right now. I believe in you, and I think, I think you want that.
1: I know that you're hurting, and it's not fair. You're right. Just put the gun down. We don't need to hurt anyone else. We can put the gun down. We can get our life back. Let's do it. Just put the gun down. And we also have the other setting, which we like to call the stick.
0: What, do you think you're gonna be big man on campus with a gun, shoot everyone? Nobody's gonna remember you as doing something great in history. People will do their best to forget about you because this disgusting cowardly act you've chosen to commit will be best forgotten by everyone, as you will if you decide to go forward with it. You don't deserve a gravesite. Police are on
1: the way right now. Turn the gun on yourself. Police are on the way right now. They're coming right now. Turn the gun on yourself.
0: Our revolutionary system has already prevented 19 school shootings. And with your help getting this installed at your school for the low, low price of $300, we can stop school shootings all across America. Be part of the solution.
1: Don't waste time on ineffective gun control, supports for children who are going through tough times, making sure there isn't a lot of inequality in society, making sure that people aren't alienated for long periods of time, slowly losing touch with their humanity and gaining delusions of grandeur about being some sort of heroic anti-hero who kills some of the most. Don't waste your time with that. Just pay us money. Pay us money. You can trust us. Obviously, first and foremost, I would like nothing more than for everyone to get the help and support they need as early as possible. Th- these resources need to be around part of the real utopian solution is there needs to be more social workers that have smaller caseloads where people who need extra help get that specialized help and also have a companionship and having a a social worker that you have an ongoing relationship with could be a a lifesaver just to make sure that everyone in the world has a friend. Everyone in the world has someone to talk to who knows them, Mm -hmm. that you have a positive rapport with. It costs a little bit of money, but it's going to And I can imagine someone saying like, oh, you're paying them money. Like they're not going to be a real friend. It's not going to be authentic or something like that. And I just totally disagree. Like I used to be a security guard for a long time in a very vulnerable neighborhood. I was paid to be there. I would never be there by my own volition. I wouldn't volunteer to do that. I wouldn't volunteer to sit there. And it was sometimes dangerous. But do you forge real relationships with people.
0: like where, oh, yeah. You, I, I think a great way to drill this point home is hairdressers and like people who get their hair done more often and so just have a relationship with their hairdresser where they're actually their friend. And it's like, yes, they have this commodified relationship where you only go to see them when you're getting changes done on your hair. And like you probably wouldn't know them otherwise. You probably wouldn't spend other time with them. You don't spend time with them otherwise. But during that time... Like you chat and gossip and like it's, it doesn't prevent real human relationship from happening. I think that's a great point because like we had a little bit of that. Like we had a guidance counselor at my school, but Mm -hmm. I didn't get talked to, like nobody knew what was going on with me. Like when I was a kid, nobody was Asking or interested because I wasn't exhibiting problematic behaviors.
1: Yeah, no, that's interesting to think about how much more was going on inside my head than I <laughs> shared with the adults and caregivers. Yeah, nothing bad, but it was a secret. Uh, there was a lot of room for my internal thoughts to be horrible. Yeah. Well, yeah, just like no one. Never like,
0: my point is like nobody, nobody was checking in with how I was doing. <laughs> I mean, like, and you can say that's the parents' job, and like how much parents do that or don't do that is obviously variable. And so, Mm -hmm. just having someone checking in with all the kids is, is probably a good idea.
1: The Sandy Hook shooter, he got in a fight with his one friend shortly before he did the attack. They fought over a movie. He'd already been planning and thinking about it for a long time at that point, but it's just kind of an interesting tidbit. It's just. The thought of that isolation. And we know that the isolation has a huge effect on the way that people see themselves and see the world like mm-hmm. an absence of human touch, an absence of meaningful social relationships.
0: It's it's interesting to me, the um, Columbine kids, people are pretty much agreed that one of them was basically a psychopath and the other one was this like depressed, angry kid. Yes, bullied. A lot. They were both bullied a lot. But like if the kid who doesn't have antisocial personality disorder had a friend other than the kid who did have antisocial personality disorder, had someone checking in with him and someone to bounce ideas off of other than someone who has no empathy for other human beings, probably just would not have done that. If Almost definitely. I mean,
1: most people don't do that. But the people who do this kind of shit are on a continuum with us, on a continuum with people we know. There's things within these people that are also within us. And I mean, it wasn't a huge problem my whole childhood the way it is for some people, but I was bullied when I was young. I know lots of people who were bullied. I know people who were bullied a lot too, like good friends of mine who spent like years you know like switching schools being bullied and shit you know like not light stuff when it comes to like the humiliation and stuff and they came out of the other end of it like obviously there's some traumatic shit that comes with that but it never brought them to the point of attacking or hurting people who don't deserve it who have nothing to do with it they didn't perpetuate it further they had the strength to be bigger than their circumstances and i don't see that same strength And the people who do horrific shit, especially horrific shit in something as, I think, sacred as a school uh, to to a group that's as sacred as children.
0: Also, the the other thing or one thing about this that. I don't know, I don't want to spend too much time on, but we should acknowledge is like the weird conspiracy theories that pop up around school shootings.
1: Yeah, actually, I I really remember in the trajectory of my interest in politics, I always had an interest in conspiracy theories as like a thought experiment, kind of never thought of it as serious, or like. but sometimes it'd be like show a different angle or a different way of thinking about something. But the time that like I really started feeling alienated from conspiracy theory and thinking that it was a very damaging It started making me uncomfortable, whereas, like, Sandy Hook never happened. It was a false flag. Those kids didn't really die. Their parents are actors. And, like, people, like, harassing the parents of children who were killed because they have been convinced through fucking false and misleading news stories.
0: It's funny that you say that because, yeah, I feel like that actually mirrors my experience exactly. I'd never thought about it before, but Sandy Hook was the first one that I feel... I really felt just like turned off by and like, no, (laughs) it's like, I don't think so. And I think that was the first one that it would became a really popular thing to say. It was like a government created event. And, And now it's like every single time. That narrative gets floated, and like people find pictures of women who look kind of similar and be like, Look, it's the same person. It's the crisis actor. And then people are like, No, one is actually this person, one is actually this other person. Here's pictures of them. They're not the same person, they just, one picture looks similar. Uh, And these are really sad people and that's fucked up.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I've heard voicemail messages left on like the parents of children who were killed in these events where people are threatening them and stuff. And it's like really fucked up. And I got a thought to share with the people who uh, profit off this type of stuff and perpetuate fake ideas in the head of people who are intellectually vulnerable that you can take advantage of because you want to create a crop of people who are susceptible to fall for pyramid schemes that you can send out on your mailing list to them. Your business model is taking vulnerable people, making them stupider and more gullible so you can sell them into fucking pyramid schemes, supplements that don't work, fucking whatever, like you're scum. You're fucking scum. That's what I have to say about people who perpetuate this kind of fucking nonsense to people who don't have the critical thinking capacity to notice that they're being taken advantage of. I yeah, think, it is. It's pretty fucking
0: gross. That's it is. Weird. And it's a profit oh, thing. God. Like It's a yeah, profit weird. thing. Like
1: Alex Jones makes millions of dollars every year. And even if he does believe what he says to a certain degree, it's still really, really scummy stuff. Like the whole enterprise is really scummy. And I'm, I'm embarrassed that I ever thought that it was harmless. We're
2: at war. We're at war with the National Rifle Association. We're at war with corrupt politicians who don't put our children's lives first. We're at war with the assumption that school violence is somehow inevitable. And we're at war with the trans-dimensional demons that control every aspect of our political and world affairs. My name is Felix Bowens, and I am your spooky conductor. Welcome to the Narrative Wars, because there's a war on for your story. All right now, folks, here at the top of the hour, got lots of brand news for you. But before we get into that, a quick word from our friends over at Tactical Bath Bombs. Uh, Now when you're exposing the secrets of the Illuminati, the war power structure, uh, police, military and everyone who wants to stop you from having your freedom, it it can get you real angry, get you real worked up. Now anger can be an incitement to action, but it can also be something that works against us and that's why I use tactical bath bombs. Now these are calming bath bombs when you think about those sick monsters and they turning their blind eye to our children being killed in schools and getting so mad it's time to put it on a bath, take a little relaxing time, a little Felix time come back down to earth now it's a common bath it's tactical and if you order it today it's 20 percent off and we will throw in a dual purpose military grade rubber ducky all purpose use and now this is the same rubber ducky that we send to our boys over in afghanistan and iraq and on command posts around the world making sure that social justice and world peace is ensured Okay, now folks. Now I got a lot to tell you about that school shooting thing. It's getting out of control. Now we've been covering this for weeks, but we've just reached a new level. Received some new documents. We're actually finding out they're covering up school shootings. There's more school shootings happening than they're reporting on, and they're too cowardly to take the guns away. Although they should take the guns away. They gotta be patriots. People want the guns taken away. Too cowardly to do it. Too in bed with the National Rifle Association. Now inequality is the driver of this. I'll tell you this right now. People need. We need opportunities to thrive. People need opportunities to thrive in this country. We need more teachers at a higher salary, better benefits for them in smaller class sizes. We need more support workers to make sure that children have the support they need. They don't have to resort to violence. We need school meals. Now, I'm not saying that being hungry is the cause of all this nonsense, but I'm saying it certainly doesn't help. It certainly doesn't help. And now I think if we had a little bit more self-directed learning in these schools, maybe these kids would find something they're passionate about. We could try out different school models. Now, this rigid school system, it was first invented as a way of regimenting children, putting them in rigid social roles, teaching them to repeat things rather than to think critically. Now, we need to encourage children to become the greatest and best version of themselves, make school a well-funded and welcoming environment. This is an investment on the future, folks. Now, here in the studio today, we've got a very special guest. Dr. Thomas Bromwell. Now, he has been studying this issue for years. I'm eager to crack open his new book. Now, his book is called Spooky Times, The History of the NRA. Thank you so much for being
1: on the show.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. And just before we start, can I say I bought a lavender tactical bath bomb and whew, this has helped me through a lot, it's uh, including my divorce. No, I find that extremely common myself. Just love the lavender. Anyway, so yeah, I did some digging, a lot of deep sources, deep state, mm-hmm. deep, uh, deep information, just deep, deep stuff. And what I've uncovered is, yes, the NRA is behind all the school shootings. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Up and down. Now, this is out in the public. Now, what is the ultimate motive of the NRA? What do they get out of this?
0: First, I just want to say to all your listeners so that they really understand this point that people don't kill people, okay? People possessed by spooky ghosts and ghouls kill people. It's a very important distinction because people Absolutely. don't want to see anyone else die. It's always a case of possession. Absolutely.
2: Now, this is out in the documents. You look at this, it's public record. Been saying it for years. Sorry, go on.
0: But what a lot of the public doesn't know is that the reason the NRA supports school shootings is because they are in bed with the spooky ghosts and ghouls who of course love shootings. What happens when someone dies? Makes a new ghost.
2: You heard it here first, folks. Now that is spooky ghosts and ghouls. At the bottom of this, in bed with the NRA, got a very special guest today. He's written a new book. Incredible. Now, the ghosts want the guns to be everywhere. Because if you get these guns everywhere, the ghosts can
0: get inside a body, get the gun, do a shooting, make more ghosts. Yeah. 2 plus 2 equals 4. Makes more ghosts and it benefits the intergalactic demons who run the NRA because they have all their money in gun stocks. And after a school shooting, gun sales go up because people get paranoid about us taking away the guns, which I agree with you, we should do. So they make more money and the ghosts get more ghosts. It's win-win for those two monsters, but it's lose-lose for everyone else. This
2: is a deal with the devil. Now this is ghosts and the NRA, you hear to hear first, working in tandem to kill school children. Now, after the break, we're going to have more to say with Thomas Bromwell. But next, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode of Felix Bones Narrative Wars is brought to you by Sean and Aaron of Seriously Wrong Podcast and their generous patrons. Thank you so much for giving to the show, boys. True patriots, and God bless.
0: There's a couple places where the political response to this tends to go. And one of them is violence in media, violence in video games Mm -hmm. and violence in movies. It is true that there is a very high amount of violence in
1: media that's consumed from a pretty young age. Yeah. I mean, in my life and uh, the lives of
0: people around me. Most video games are based around violence, at least to some extent. If it's not the main thing, it's one of the main things. Like, there's exceptions, obviously, like Sim Tower, which is a game I used to play. One of the lesser known Sims. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> SIM SIM derivatives. There was no violence in that. The the most violent people got was when their little icons turned red because they were waiting for the elevator for too long and that meant you had to build more elevators. Mm-hmm. You know that reminds me of the the video game that we need to
1: fundraise to make one of these days, which is Orphanage Simulator.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, so someone who was making this point about violence in video games, violence in TV and movies, was like, "Why aren't they producing orphanage simulators?" Hmm? Like, it, like it, this is a conspiratorially minded person who was alleging that the violence in video games is a conspiracy to coerce people into being more violent and. The evidence for this is that we make Grand Theft Auto and we don't make Sim Orphanage
1: yeah and this person is also a biblical flat earther but I think we'll, uh, just focusing on this point about Sim Orphanage which I actually do agree with them on yeah yeah that, like, always if there was a, try to
0: find those common ground I love the idea of Sim Orphanage and I'm committed to following through on it someday if we get all that Patreon money we've pledged to do some public opinion polling we're definitely gonna like I can't say definitely we'll make Sim Orphanage but that's something we're gonna look into like how much it would cost because I <laughs> we just pledged to these, produce raising, a committee to look into with yeah. the possibility <laughs> of creating Sim a Sim Orphanage. Orphanage. <laughs> the idea of having a game where like the goal is to like the different kids have different personalities and they're growing up and like there's these pitfalls that they might fall into and like your goal is to turn them into an awesome member of society who just like has so much to contribute and and makes positive changes in the world that's how you win the game is by getting the most of those kind of kids out of your orphanage at the end I don't know that just Mm. like I, I don't play video games very often I think I might play that one.
1: You need to get the most of the kids, but you also need not just need to make sure your own orphanage is good, is you also need to lobby local governments to improve orphanage policies overall because it comes out (laughs) over the course of the game that neighboring orphanages aren't as good as you and they pose a risk to your orphanage. So you need to set up uh, defense systems for when orphans from other orphanages come in with AR-15s trying to kill all the kids because they're nihilists.
0: So like the (laughs) violence... The vi- The violence in video games thing to me, like I have so many thoughts on this and they're somewhat conflicting, but I don't like I think parts of different narratives are all true to different extents. So like a few of the things that I think are true about violence in video games is that it's getting gorier and it's getting like like there's definitely like a trend towards more like from Mario or like Duck Hunt, you know, really old video games where you shot a gun at a screen and killed ducks like there's that level of violence there's jumping on Goomba's level of violence and then there's like Grand Theft Auto level of violence where you know you can assault people
1: (laughs) with weapons for fun
0: like it's not even you're killing someone on the other side of a war it's like you're assaulting people with weapons for fun
1: and if you look at like the the oldest Doom game which was seen as like very violent at the time versus like the new Doom game which I've been playing recently and it's a great game Um, (laughs) (laughs) you're like cracking skulls in it and stuff like you're Grabbing, like, two halves of a demon's skull and, like, ripping it in half right in
0: front of the camera. That's pretty badass and cool. But um, it is true that it's more violent. Yeah. So there's a trend of increasing violence. And I'm even willing to, like, say maybe that has, like, a... a what's the word? Clon- desensitizing people to violence. I'm willing to admit there's probably something to that. But, like, also, I, I don't think violence in video games is purely causative. I think that it's... A reflection of like we said before everyone has violent fantasies and like people take pleasure in violence like pretty much everyone takes pleasure in some kind of violence
1: yeah and I want to almost say like that I don't have violent fantasies because I don't tend to like you said everyone has violent fantasies but then even it's like I really don't tend to have violent fantasies but I can think of like a few specific times
0: when i
1: had like just like
0: "Ah, fuck you (laughs) like "Ah, i like i like to punch you i I have like i i've like seen women with babies and thought about how i'm bigger than they are i'm stronger than they are if i wanted to i could push her down and steal that baby i've had that thought like they're like the image of me doing that i don't know what i would do with the baby i don't particularly want someone else's baby (laughs) for any reason, but I could, and I know that I could. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's just like illustrative from my own life. People have violent fantasies. I think, I think that most people do.
1: I think like everyone I've talked to about it has said that they do. There's a few exceptions. And and then even then it's like people saying like, I really don't usually, like, I really don't usually think
0: about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's the kind of thought that like, I don't take seriously. Like your head is like this mass of all different kinds of thoughts all the time. And like <laughs> part of what you actually think about things is which thoughts you choose to entertain. There's also just like, I was watching ContraPoints' video on violence and a phrase she used that really summed it up for me that I loved was uh, a sort of amoral kinetic rapture in like the aesthetic beauty of violence, of like punching slashing, tearing, shooting. When we were talking about this before the show, you mentioned that there, there's a kind of fighting that's almost like dancing and like there's a similar kind of pleasure to watching like a well choreographed fight scene. It's like watching a dance um or like martial arts are like that also. It, but also just like the raw visceral of like blowing things up, like explosions. There's a kind of pleasure to that. Mm. Setting things on fire. Did you ever set things on fire as a kid? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, I did. I used to just burn books. Like, my parents had so many fucking books. We would grab, like, a romance novel or some shit my mom had just to, like, watch the fire. Just, like, see something be destroyed.
1: Uh, Yeah. The thing I remember doing is like taking crappy action figures, ones that weren't gifts or anything that were like McDonald's toys or whatever, or just like really old ones that won't be noticed that they're gone. Taking them to this like really big backyard in the place I used to live when I was like... 10 11 ish Mm -hmm. and like wrap the plastic toy in toilet paper which is super flammable and would keep burning enough to like melt the plastic and burn it and then when it was done burning it would have this like mixed texture from the yeah just really damaged the toys (laughs) badly and clearly i took some pleasure
0: in it because i did it a lot or like have you ever fired have you ever fired a gun yes i have yeah. It's
1: fun, right? Yeah, like... it
0: is. It is. It is. It is. And um, what kind of gun did you fire? I'm not
1: sure. It was some sort of handgun. It was some sort of handgun. And right. I was also, I was like drunk at the time. Oh, geez. <laughs>
0: What, were you at a shooting range? Or just no, someone no, I had, wasn't. Yeah. The only like, time I fired back, a handgun. Backcountry. <laughs> oh, God. Back I wa- country gun firing. I, I want to do that. It sounds fun. Like, the only time I've ever shot a gun was at a shooting range. So it was a very controlled environment. They give you instructions beforehand, which is probably for the best. Like, you yeah, know, I mean, I mean, giving I've, everyone safety yeah, instructions. I would definitely
1: recommend that version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm also hesitant to admit that I did that a bit because I think it is,
0: you know, do as I say, not as I do. It's... it's <laughs> See, but my immediate reaction was like, oh shit, that was cool. I want to do that. Yeah. My grandpa had a pellet gun in his garage, and I spent a lot of time at my grandpa's house. Like We used to go there after school, my cousin and I, because they were home and our parents weren't home. So when we were in elementary school, we went to our grandparents' house, and he would use it to shoot magpies. Uh, He wasn't very good at it. I only remember him actually getting a magpie once or twice, but that was always his thing that he said he was doing, was shooting magpies, because they made noise, and that justified shooting them. Uh, But like also, we, we shot it at things like cans and stuff around it was like an air pump thing. it's fun, immoral kinetic rapture. It is fun. And I don't think that, like taking pleasure in it is wrong. And I think that most people who do, in fact, can only take pleasure in it when nobody is getting hurt. Mm-hmm. like
1: <laughs> yeah, like- the
0: gun thing wouldn't be fun for me if I had hurt someone. Like if I'd been at the shooting range and accidentally shot my friend who I had went there with, <laughs> it would have made it no longer fun for me anymore. The gun wasn't fun for me because I killed someone. It was fun for me to just like have this power and shoot this little thing at this thing and see how close to the target I can get. It's a game, it's fun. Or like enjoying violence in movies. You enjoy violence in movies when you feel like people deserve it or when it's so like cartoonishly. But like even that, like you you have to feel like they're the bad guys generally to enjoy it. Seeing the good guys get hurt hurts. But mm-hmm. like- Yeah, are um, innocent people. Yeah, innocent people. <laughs>
1: There's not a lot of like cool action movies where the hero goes and kills a bunch of kids at a school because <laughs> it's not it's not, right. it's, that's yeah, not no, a fantasy. Exactly. Yeah,
0: just wanted to describe like this experience I've had I don't know if it's just one movie I'm sure it's happened more than once I feel like I've had this experience more than once in a movie where someone's getting in a fight and like they land a punch and you're just like oh fuck yeah that person deserved to get punched and you enjoy it you're just like there's satisfying fucking smack of the fist against the face and you're like yeah fuck you and then they punch them again and you're like okay yeah punch them again and then they punch them again and then they punch them again And then like maybe the music disappears and it's just like the sound of like fist smacking against face and bone crunching. And then you see the blood start to come and you're like, okay, maybe stop punching now. And then they keep punching and like, you're just like, oh God, like now all of a sudden this isn't fun anymore. Like this, (laughs) it doesn't feel deserved anymore. It feels like you've took this to a dark place. It's an interesting like continuum from like, yeah, fucking punch him to like stomach churning. Oh my God blood and face being pummeled into nothingness
1: that's like the the movement from violence is dance and like violence is fantasy down to like violence is reality and like there's a very good reason that from an evolutionary perspective (laughs) like humans would abhor a bunch of like very brutal violence and not take a lot of joy and seeing it in person and like it's not something that you'd want to encourage in a society of like mutual aid and stuff yeah
0: you'd want to encourage like the capability for violence, protective violence, but also like a strong aversion to violence. Cause if everyone just loved violence <laughs> and that was the way of the world, then like we would all just kill each other. <laughs> like, and,
1: yeah. And so this, this like fantasy of violence of like the PG 13, good guy, shooting at bad guys who fall to the ground without blood. You never see their head explode. You never see their brain and eye on the ground. You never get little chunks of their
0: body on you. You know, like this PG-13. Or like, even if you do, then it's done in this like cartoon. Like, I'm thinking of Kill Bill and stuff where it's like, you do see that kind of stuff. You see the explosions of blood. You see eyes. You see shit like that. But it's just, it's different than seeing it in real life and knowing that a person is actually dead without a soundtrack and it's not pretty because you're not a choreographed fucking dancer. You're just like a 13 year old kid who walked into the cafeteria and everyone's fucking terrified and they're actually dying and they're screaming and what you're hearing is like terrified silence and it just it's it's not the same thing as an action movie scene. Um, actually one movie I want to recommend it's called The Dirties It was it's like this low budget film made by these two kids who look like they're in high school probably just out of high school shot at a real high school all the extras are high school kids the plot of the movie is this is a found footage film they were making a movie about them killing the bullies at the school and then at the end it becomes like a real school shooting thing cut between the their camera footage and like school camera footage it's very influenced by Colin blind but like the ending is so stark and like in contrast to all the fun they thought they were having at the beginning it's just like wh- horrifying and silent and it's there's good things and bad things about the movie but like the the ending is is powerful
1: I think that, like you, I want to concede that there's a desensitization, and that yeah. in in concert with other things, it could be an effect and I think there's there's evidence to this effect with school shooters that they were very both very isolated and also very deep in like violent media and violent ideation,
0: yeah, natural born killers was the f- one of the favorite movies of uh the Columbine Kids, where, like, that movie had just come out. and They had watched it a whole bunch of times, memorized it, fucking loved it. I think, like, showing violence without consequences. Like, it's good to try and include consequences whenever you can. Uh, or, like, make it feel real, make it feel stark, make it feel awful.
1: Mm-hmm. Not to tell you how to do your art, but... Uh, Hello. Hi. Hi, and welcome. Welcome. You're here for the history position, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So 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 it's Mr. Canwell. Just fresh out of college and, you know, I've always always wanted to be a teacher and I just love history so much. I can't wait to help kids get as excited about history as I am. Here, come take a seat here. Um, Thank you. So
1: what interests you in history? Like, what pulled you to history of all subjects? It's a passion for you? History, to
0: me, is like the greatest story ever told. And Mm. one of the reasons that it's the greatest is because it's true. And, you know, it really helped me grow as a person. And I want to help these children grow.
1: That's amazing. I'm glad to hear that. What is your experience in cleaning and maintaining and shooting weapons? Shooting
0: weapons? Yeah, like a pistol, a handgun. Never shot a weapon. I've cleaned... My kitchen knives, uh, after I use it to make a steak or something, but yeah, no, I, my parents never had guns. I never had an interest in guns. Do you I own a gun? No, no.
1: Um, let's say that you're teaching history to a group of children. Oh, yes. Um, like that. One of the students has become disenfranchised with society. It's been isolated, targeted oh, by like bullying. Time to have a
0: conversation with him.
1: Uh, let's just say that it's much too late for that. Uh, he's already been expelled. Ooh. He's actually come back to the school now with a semi-automatic rifle. He's pointing at you and the children. He's going to be shooting and killing. What do is, you do? Is this a... This happens uh, several times a year. Oh. Like, this isn't hypothetical. So it
0: is something we Jeez, need to be ready for. I didn't for. notice. I didn't know that was happening. So busy studying history. Yeah, well, if
1: you don't study history, you're doomed to repeat it, but if you don't study the present, what are you doomed for then? That's something for you to think about. Okay, so imagine this. You're in class. You have a gun. I have a gun. You have a gun as well in your desk at all times. Oh. Comes in with these. Got a semi-automatic. Tell all the kids to hide under their desks and call the cops? That's not really the answer we're looking for, i got to be honest. So opening fire on the children. What do you do? I,
0: I guess I try and shoot him.
1: Good, good, okay. What is, you get a under a the desk, alarm? get under the desk. Oh my god.
0: Okay. Was that gunfire? Oh it's my god. It's happening right
1: now. Take this gun and save the children. Me? I, I got a heart condition. I... I can't do it. Can you do it, please? I, I got this I guess gun for I the kids, to. save the kids.
0: Okay. Okay. This is being, this part of what being a teacher is. I can do this. Can step out of the principal's office, past the secretary's desk. Oh my god, I can see him at the end of the hall. He's gonna, he's gonna shoot that kid. Stop! Stop right there! Ah! Wait, wait a second. Was that just paintball? Is that balloons and confetti? What is this? Congratulations, <laughs> you passed the test. The test? Oh, this wasn't real? Oh, you have me so scared. You got me, good job. So glad you're not dead. He's actually from the theater department of the school. Uh, so charming. So does this mean I got the job?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you can start right away. Pay is 24000 a year. Oh, no benefits. Oh,
0: Twenty. No um, benefits.
1: And we're going to need you to fundraise for school supplies. Oh, no. I wish we could give more, but it's... Uh, but you're providing me with shooting lessons or, oh, yeah. like, tactical training weapon? We do require that you get them, but you just can't afford to cover oh. that. Ooh. So that comes out of the 24000
0: <sighs> Well, I do really want to shape young minds. You know what? I'll make it work somehow. Excellent. Well, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity.
1: Great. Well, we'll see you tomorrow. And um, sorry, you do know history, right? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Last guy didn't. He just had the gun gun half down. I think a lot of the time when people are talking about like the right to bear arms in the United States and talking against gun control... Often their motivation is closer to finding guns fun and like liking guns and having an interest oh, yeah. in guns oh,
0: yeah, definitely. than
1: a lot of the sort of stated arguments. Like you have the Tea Party defending against tyrannical governments and then you have the communist or anarchist insurrection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Fanciful stuff. Fanciful stuff. But it is fun to have guns. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, right.
0: Yeah. Well, like it would be a more honest political argument than political revolution I I guess like the other one is you need a good guy with a gun to stop a bad guy with a gun like we need to put guns in teachers hands like have a gun in every teacher drawer have police at schools with guns Mm. more good guys with guns is the answer not any kind of gun control but like I don't know when a 17 year old kid when the fucking Columbine kids go to a store and buy a whole bunch of guns (laughs) <laughs> like it just it just shouldn't it shouldn't be allowed like i'm sorry
1: yeah it's always framed in terms of this like binary between Total laissez-faire. Anyone can buy guns all the time. All the loopholes should be allowed. You should be able to order them online. You should be able to order any gun you want of any size and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like it goes on and on and on. Or the alternative is that the government searches your house for guns and arrests you. Having a gun makes you go to jail. Yeah. And only police get guns. This has been annoying me recently. I'm like, I'm not a big gun control guys, never been my like key issue here in mm-hmm. canada we've got pretty restrictive gun laws and i'm pretty happy with that we
0: have pretty restrictive gun laws but like also the person i went to the shooting range with my friend like he wanted to buy a handgun and so he jumped through the hoops that they make you jump through and he was able to buy a gun like he had to learn a whole bunch of things about what the rules are and what the things are but like was able to do it but he wasn't able to just be like a 17-year-old kid walk into a store and buy a bunch of guns like there's yeah there's lots of space between those two areas and like like another talking point of like anti-gun control people that really bothers me is they're like oh guns aren't guns are no more dangerous than cars are cars are a murder weapon like a gun or at least potentially could be. Um, and we're seeing them used that way more and more in these fucking driving cars into fucking crowds of people mm-hmm. shit going on. If they
1: can't on. get a gun, they'll just drive a car into people. <laughs>
0: but like you actually have to take a training course on how to fucking operate a car. And like there's certain other restrictions. Like it's it's easier in a lot of places in the United States to get a gun than it is to drive a car. And not just because cars are more expensive, but because you need a driver's license. And one sensible gun control regulation, I think, would be making it more like cars, where you have to learn how to safely operate the dangerous thing in order to own and operate the dangerous thing. A car is
1: very different than a gun in a lot of ways. One of the ways is that cars serve an everyday purpose that is not served by anything else. Guns serve the purpose of, I think, a reasonable use Protecting going Protecting
0: yourself. Uh, what else you can use to protect yourself every day? Keep y- yourself safe.
1: It's interesting because if you look at the statistics around self defense and firearms, they're not that reassuring. I've got in my notes here. In between 2000 and 2013, out of the active shooting incidents identified by the FBI, there's 160 of them. There was only one time where an active shooting incident was stopped by an armed civilian out of 160. And you could argue, like, oh, there should have been more guns there this whole time. But in the U.S. there's already a lot of guns there, like the guns are around, you know, and there's like with this most recent thing in Florida, there was like an armed guy there. He didn't go and stop the shooter. There's like tons of examples of this. And also just the whole idea of like if guns aren't available, they'll just go to something else. I really think that's not true. Like there's a lot of evidence to show that legal regimes affect people's behavior.
0: Yeah. I mean, like they point to things like, oh, look at this incident where 17 people were killed with a knife. And like, look, it's possible. But like, it's not as easy. It's just not. It's not as easy to kill 10 people with a knife as it is to kill 10 people with an AR-15. So fewer people are going to follow through and be able to do it because it's harder this is just an easy logic <laughs> if you make something way more difficult it's going to people are going to do it less often and be less successful in their attempts at doing it
1: There was a study commissioned by the National Gun Victims Action Council to put participants with various levels of training through realistic self-defense scenarios. So 77 people isn't that much. But as a preliminary starting point anyways, in the three self-defense scenarios, in one of the scenarios, there was no real threat. Like part of the scenario was the risk of a threat, but there wasn't a threat over one out of five participants shot someone who wasn't a threat in, mm-hmm. in that context. Um, in the other scenarios, almost everyone who engaged with the shooter in some way was sooner shot by the shooter than they shot them. And I guess like 9% of the people involved shot bystanders instead of the actual person. Right. So, And this is like a scale of different skill levels and it's a group of 77 people, but it's not very encouraging. And I, I mean, if you look at the record of actual existing active shooter scenarios, the, the stats aren't very good as far as like the stopping other people. Although I mean I do get the fantasy of like oh like this person's with guns and they can stop it and like yeah and there's just certain choice and-
0: anecdotes like whenever whenever someone with a gun does stop a bad person with a gun and like it happens every once in a while, if you follow conservative media at all, like every single one of those gets reported and like celebrated. But like, you can't just, you can't just look at single incidents. You got to look at larger scale effects. And like, I would feel more confident in the ability of good guys with guns to do something about situations like this. If again, in order to, Operate a gun, you had to like demonstrate some basic capability. Like, if someone told you that they owned a gun and you lived in a society where in order to own a gun legally, you have to be trained on how to like operate a gun safely, effectively, and maybe even some like tactical training about situations like this. It would inspire a lot more confidence in gun owners to make situations better if it was much more restrictive who could become a gun owner by their actual ability to do something good in a situation like this.
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give the impression that by talking about these anti-gun control arguments and criticizing them that I'm like very close-minded on this issue. Like if we want to say, okay, we're committing to a culture that has a lot of guns in it, Right. Like that's what we decided on. That's what we want. This is America. This is America. One of the things we do is have lots of guns.
0: Well, I mean, it's part of the on the ground reality right now in America, as gun people love to point out, which is a good point. There's already more than one gun in the country for everyone.
1: Mm, So like what you definitely need in that in any case is like more training for people in general. Like even if you have young people well-trained on operating firearms. If that's the culture you want to have, I just acknowledging that's the culture and then working within that to minimize horrific mass shootings is uh, an admirable goal or you could say maybe this isn't the culture we want to have
0: yeah i also like i don't want to sound like a rabidly anti-gun person and like i think i already don't sound like a rabid anti-gun person because i just spend time talking about how much i think guns are fun (laughs) and fond memories of shooting guns as a child (laughs) I think people should be allowed to have guns, for sure, definitely.
1: And I'm not saying that Hillary Clinton should come to your house, search around, take your guns, and take you to jail if you don't hand it in.
0: You know, I think if Hillary's willing to do that, I think she's the only one. We should give her the power. She's got to go through the country one by one, search all the houses. (laughs) Maybe Hillary and Obama got to do it together. I just want to actually make that a reality show. If Hillary and Obama fell on hard times, and we managed to like sign them both on to a seriously wrong... Reality show where they go to people's houses in Texas and candid camera style try to take their guns away. I guess that could go really (laughs) badly. (laughs) Could end up with people getting shot, but just Just coming to take your tickling me. Take those guns from your warm, living hands. (laughs) Hi, uh, I'm Hillary Clinton and I'm Barack Obama. (laughs)
1: Look, we're here to take all your guns. If uh, you don't give them to us, we're going to be peeking around your place and uh, we're going to take them. (laughs) Uh, That tickles me, but like I don't want that.
0: And and no one's proposing
1: that. But the stuff with super dishonest argument, you see it on other things too, is like if you make guns illegal, only criminals. Criminals will have guns. It's like, well, if you make murder illegal, then only murderers will then murder. Only,
0: yeah, only criminals <laughs> will commit murder, and it's like, well, it, it's a trite. It's a tautology.
1: Yeah, and the argument from the gun control people, and you know, I don't a hundred percent agree with every gun control thing that I hear all the time, and sometimes they make ridiculous arguments too. But their argument, which needs to be responded to, honestly, which is if you have gun control, there'll be less guns around in the future. The rate of increase of guns will stop. Mm-hmm. Like, people who will have guns will be better suited to use them. People who are risked to society will be denied easy opportunities to get them, and they're the highest risk cases. Yeah. Like These are the arguments that they're actually
0: making. Like Getting into specifics, if there had been higher gun control... In Colorado, in the late 90s, those two teenagers would not have been allowed to buy guns at a store and then use them to shoot a whole bunch of people. Columbine couldn't have been what it had been without the easy availability of guns. Like You can say, oh, they can get them illegally and stuff. Those two white teenagers in Colorado don't know arms dealers, like illegal arms dealers. <laughs> they got the guns at a store because it was legal. The guy who just bought the gun at this Florida thing, like I said, he passed the background check and was able to buy a gun. There were reasons why maybe he shouldn't have been able to pass a background check. The FBI was looking at him for comments on YouTube. I think it was like, I'm, I, I want to be a school shoot. I can't remember the exact comment, but something like close to that effect. He also, his mother had died recently. He was living with another family, just had trauma in his life. Like he probably, if there were more hoops, wouldn't have had the competency to jump through all the hoops. And that would have been a good thing because then he wouldn't have had an AR-15 and wouldn't have been able to kill all those people. And I mean, you can say maybe we should ban all AR-15s. I don't even think that. Like maybe some people, if they want to have fun with semi-automatic rifles, I, sure but it should be really hard to get one
1: yeah and there shouldn't be any fucking open carry bullshit like got a fucking huge ass semi-auto rifle on your back and you're like parading it around with your militia men oh Oh, it's open carry it's my second amendment like what possible reason could you have to carry around a semi-automatic rifle in society on your shoulder like it's a purse or like a (laughs) fucking a little dog in a basket
0: it's just indecent it's worse than public nudity I went to New York once it was probably like late 2000 aughts less than 10 years after 9-11 and seeing the police with their big fucking automatic semi-automatic weapons walking around in New York I'd never seen that before I'd never seen like what looked like military people basically these police in this fucking combat gear with these giant guns like in New York in a city like I just had never seen actual people with big giant guns in real life before and it freaked me the fuck out Uh, like seeing citizens walking around with an AR-15, it doesn't create like a welcoming community space. I don't know. I'm I'm like, I'm not down.
1: (laughs) Well, and my leftist friends of more radical persuasions who want to argue against gun control. I partially understand some of the arguments that they're saying as far as, like, well, you don't want the police to have guns and people to not have guns if there's ever, like, conflict or insurrection, revolution, et cetera.
0: Yeah. You need to balance that between, like, how much access do you want The KKK or like the Richard Spencer's of the world, the Charlottesville rally attendees of the world. You have to balance how much you want to be able to have guns in public without the law coming down on you with how much you want those people to be able to have guns in public without the law coming down on them. So like non-zero, you want some access to guns, but like not. 100% 100% open because like you do want to limit their access to guns if nothing else if not your own then well, theirs
1: it's funny because I've seen and this argument comes up where people are like you know Nazis are getting guns like we need to have guns to right. fight them so we can't have gun control because the
0: Nazis won't get guns and we won't <laughs> it's fucking Cold War logic of like well the Russians are building a bomb so we better build another bomb and the Russians <laughs> like well we better build an even bigger bomb let's invent the H-bomb it's just like fucking ratcheting up shit until like someone dies or someone blows up the world or someone like takes a fucking breath and a step back and says okay maybe we should both try to not <laughs> that would be good So, the type of gun control I think that people
1: tend to be afraid of, and it's reasonable to be afraid of, is the type where you're doing like an overall sweep, a search and seizure of society where our civil liberties are broken down. We no longer get privacy because there's the risk of us having guns. And so, government inspectors with guns come through and make sure we don't have guns or something like that. Or, like, like there's
0: checkpoints every few blocks. You're constantly being searched and poked and prodded. And, like, everywhere you go is now like an airport security checkpoint and it's just this invasive disgusting security state thing
1: totally agree that's not, not the way good. that i want to go we, yeah.
0: that's not what we advocate no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if regular citizens want to have guns there's room for that in society yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's oh, not the binary definitely.
0: i think guns are fun guns are fun definitely fake guns are fun guns in games are fun and real guns are fun
1: and there's lots of great ways to use guns that aren't blood curdling despicable, horrific shit. And we want to make sure that the avenues towards doing horrific shit are riddled with speed bumps.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. (laughs)
1: Speed bumps like jumping through hoops to get your gun and speed bumps like having someone who checks in on you and make sure you're all right. (laughs) Yeah. Speed bumps like hope in the world. Because of like the inequality in society, the injustice of society, the alienation, people yeah. being left behind by yeah,
0: it—fucking alienation of capitalism. Like it's a it's a trite thing to say, but like it's a real thing. It's like isolation and atomization in modern individualist societies. Like whatever benefits it has, having an individualist ideology or I- identity, uh, and I think it has a lot. It also has these kinds of drawbacks where people are alienated from the product of their labor, are alienated from others in their society. There's a lot of ways that Alienated from their families. Yeah. There's a lot of ways that alienation creeps into modern society. And uh, that's a huge reason why people resort to this kind of treachery.
1: And also, we need to end... Public subsidies to gun manufacturers. For just example, you know, Stern, Ruger & Co. got $9.4 million in subsidies to open a plant in North Carolina. This was like in the last five years. Beretta got $2.4 million to move from Maryland to Tennessee in 2010. Following a mass shooting, Massachusetts gave $6 million in tax breaks to Smith & Wesson. Kentucky has given $6.1 million in subsidies since 1998 to Smith & Wesson as well. That's still a thing, hey? It's still a thing. Actually, in some cases, it goes up after shootings.
0: Yeah. Well, like gun stocks go up after shootings because there's always the take away your gun scare. Uh, gun sales go up after shooting. Mass shootings always good for gun business. So there, there's like a profit incentive there to sell guns to... Like, not that any particular clerk would be making this conscious calculation, but like, it's better for the clerk of a gun store to sell the gun to someone who's going to do a school shooting for his business. He might get a few more sales out of that. Like, as a purely mm. rational in-the-marketplace oh, actor, yeah. it's a good idea for there to be these mass killings in our current climate where there's the, constantly this gun control bait, debate going on.
1: Oh, huh, this this kid seems like he's really unstable. If I give it to him, then paranoiacs on the internet will say that he did it as a false flag to try to take everyone's guns away or restrict the sale of guns. All the paranoiacs we'll also come (laughs) unstable will come will come to my business to buy now to make sure they have for the future
0: and then i'll have more money in my retirement and i'll be able to like actually live a decent life after i close this gun store when i turn 65 Mm -hmm. i can put razor wire fence around it and have a gun with me because
1: the world i'm leaving behind is going to be quite horrible
0: so yeah that's um thanks -hmm. for listening everyone thanks for listening if you want that sim orphanage game or if you want bonus content check out our patreon we super appreciate everyone who gives us money on there. If you and don't like
1: Patreon, you can also subscribe by PayPal. You will get the same yes. bonus content and features, and actually we get a slightly uh, better return on PayPal on, on just PayPal. to, yeah, just oh yeah, to lay you, it all on the table. So,
0: if you want an RSS feed of all the bonus episodes, go with Patreon because I haven't worked out how to do that with PayPal yet.
1: We ask for six dollars a month, but we've had a, a couple new subscribers who have said, "You know what? I'm going to give a terrific 20, or "I'm going to give we, we, a, we had a something
0: a do It's hard to think of. A alliteration for thirty. Yeah, thrilling thirty. Yeah, a a thrilling (laughs) thirty. (laughs) <laughs> it was thrilling, actually. Yeah, when, that, yeah. when
1: we when we get patrons like that, you know, our heart skips a beat. It allows us to jump closer to our goals to build a more beautiful society all the faster. Yeah.
0: And I mean, if you've been listening for a while and if you've noticed the production quality of the shows increasing, I can tell you that's a direct result of me now getting paid to edit the shows and feeling more justified in spending more time doing it. It wouldn't sound as good as it does if I wasn't getting paid to edit the show
1: and uh, we said this before I want to recognize also that not everyone has the same amount of income if for whatever reason you are not able to donate we totally understand but you still want to get access to bonus content feel free to shoot us an email and join our volunteer team we'll give you some stuff to do uh, that won't be too hard and we'll give you episodes in exchange for it
0: yeah thanks for listening
1: everybody we love you The day is September 24th at the preeminent school for babies, St. Davis Baby School. We now go to the lovable Coach Brady's office as he grades baby papers.
0: That's right, I'm gonna give Cody a B-plus on his essay on the ethics of knocking down other kids' blocks. I thought that was an illuminating argument. I'm gonna have to be a try harder for Gene smart baby but just doesn't apply herself you know i just love being a baby coach and a baby teacher and taking care of the next generation of babies helping them to grow into productive and contributing members of preschool it's just so rewarding so rewarding oh no oh no it's the alarm this is this is it it's an active shooter situation, okay, take a deep breath, prepare for this, I can do this, I can do this, okay, let's open the door, okay, babies, babies, come follow me, follow me, get in, get in the classroom, lock the door behind you, no, don't worry about me, there's fresh diapers in the cabinet if anyone needs them, just stay in there and don't let anyone in unless you hear my voice, okay, oh, I'll turn that alarm off. I think that's the shooter. Je- Jeffrey? Is that you, Jeffrey? Oh my God! And it's little Samantha. Jeffrey, put down the gun. I know you were made fun of when you were here as a baby, but you don't have to do this. Samantha didn't do anything to you. She's innocent. No, Jeffrey, no! Ah, oh, it's there. oh my God! Oh my God, Samantha, are you okay? Oh, it's okay now. It's okay. Yeah, that's alright. Suck your thumb. It's it's all over now. It's all over now. It killed him. <laughs> Why, Jeffrey? Why did you do it? You didn't have to do it. You're such a smart, smart baby. Always laughing with a smile on your face, but now it's been twisted into despair and hatred. <laughs> Why, Jeffrey? Why? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Coach Brady was lauded as a hero, and he knew that he had done the right thing. Still, he was kept up at night by nightmares.
0: Jeffrey! Jeffrey, no!
1: Loud noises would often shake him or confuse him. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I just need a drink of water. Coach Brady knew that he had saved those babies. But it takes something from you to take a life. It takes something from you to take a life.
0: Dr. Winston? Mm Mm-hmm. I know. I know it's been over a decade, but I just was in the Costco parking lot yesterday and I heard a car backfire and it was just like I was in that hallway again. And oh, it's like, I was, am, I, am I ever going to get over this? Well, Coach Brady, we'll be increasing your dose. If it keeps up,
1: we can look at other options like the implants that we discussed that stop, stop the, thoughts the thoughts at the source. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, even though I know I did the right thing, I just can't stop seeing his head blown to pieces
1: well you know what they say even if you're a hero stopping someone who's a villain
0: it's still traumatizing to murder a human being yeah people do say that a lot well I just want to thank you for being my doctor ever since xenon group took over all the psychiatry services at the school you know I've really felt supported you know it's been a rough decade for me but having someone to turn to I just thank you Thank you.
1: Absolutely. It's no problem. And we're happy to privatize schools. We're happy to privatize any industry. Uh, So since the traumatizing incident, have you felt any resentment over the wage freeze? To be honest, yeah, I have a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to be giving you a little something extra for that.
0: Extra bonus? Like monetary bonus? uh,
1: Extra medicine. It's part of the treatment. Okay. Okay. If it's part of the treatment. It absolutely is. I just want to be well. We just want you to be well, too. And we want you to feel good about your wages. Yeah, feeling good better than feeling bad. Gotta say. Coach Brady got the help he needed in time and was supported till he retired by Xenon Group LLC. The
0: end. And, and so just we'll just pop the tape out. Pop that out and you can and hand that here. We'll... I'll just put it back in its sleeve. Thank you. Yeah, yeah no problem. So that is... Our pitch to privatize the schools, as you can see, active shooter situations, disabled Mm -hmm. the trauma that inevitably arises when even a hero shoots a villain dealt with, Mm -hmm. with long-term therapy. It's It's an airtight solution, solves all of the school shooting problems for the low, low price of selling everything to Xenon Group.
1: If you've received this tape in the mail, it means that you're a high priority privatization for Xenon Group. And it's encouraged that you write us back right
0: away at P.O. Box
1: 72121-234.
0: If you send a check in your first letter, you get an extra 15% off on your privatization deal. Just saying. It's a great deal. You're not going to get it anywhere else. So, thanks for watching our tape,
1: and uh, as we always say at Xenon Group, Even even if you're a a hero killing a villain, it's still traumatizing to kill a human being.
0: Next time on Seriously Wrong, mmm, comforting milk drinks. Yum, yum, yum. The boys try them all
1: in a two hour special episode, Comforting Milk Drinks. Mmm, what's your favorite?
0: I love Chocolate Banana Frenzy, but something about Cinnamon Ocean Burst just really hits the spot.
1: I think my favorite comforting milk drink is probably
0: Triple Vanilla. Yeah, great choice. People crap on vanilla like oh it's boring but i think it's a great flavor
1: Mm, and sometimes double vanilla is just not enough
0: Mm, yeah i hear that i'm trying to get comfort here from this milk drink